0: Last week, we began a new series here at Walk Church that is behind me. You, you saw it. You've heard about it. It's titled Relationships with Momentum. And my, my prayer for everybody here in the room today, from the youngest person to the oldest person, is that you would have relationships with momentum. And somebody here today is thinking, yeah, but I'm not really in like a committed relationship. I, I'm single as a Pringle. And is that okay? Is that even biblical? And with a resounding big yes, that's totally okay. And yes, it is biblical as well. Um, And last week we kicked off the series with a message that was titled Single with Momentum. You can go watch that on our website or go to our YouTube and find the, the sermon there. I'm grateful it was helpful for many different individuals, especially people that are struggling with singleness, which Struggling is okay as well. I know that there's a variety of different categories of singleness. Maybe you're, you're single and, and broken. Maybe you're single and happy. Single and divorced. Single and a widow. And you're in a season of grieving. You're just trying to figure this thing out. I gave you three different tips on how you can be single with momentum. I'll put them up here on the screen just really quick. Um, and then we'll jump into our next sermon installment here today. We talked about how you can be single and saved. And that's the greatest relationship that any person can have, is have relationship in your relationship. Have momentum in your relationship with Jesus, amen? Amen. Single and saved. We talk about single and gifted. Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 7, how singleness is not a burden, but actually could be a blessing. If you use your singleness for his glory, it could be a gift that other people can benefit from if you're focused on the kingdom. And then single and proactive. In other words, you're working on yourself in the season of singleness. It's not a woe is me mentality. It's a I'm getting better everyday mentality. I'm going to attract the person that I'm becoming because I'm getting better. And that's what it means to be proactive. Today, I want to take us into the next step in this series. And this, this is a message that I'm titling, Dating with Momentum. Come on. Amen. Dating with momentum. So to all my uh, dating folks in the room, engaged folks in the room and single folks that are hopeful that one day you might be in a dating relationship in the room. And for all of our married folks in the room, you never stop dating. All right. I just want to put that out there. Maybe that's what you got from the sermon is you're like, you know what? We used to date. Now we got married and now we just go on our phones. (laughs) That's not how you have momentum. That's how you go backwards. Remember, let me give you the definition for momentum. Does anybody know it? Forward motion. motion. Momentum means that it has a forward motion to it. I don't know if we got any basketball fans in the room, but I was watching the Lakers this past week. LeBron James, he needed three points in order to break the all-time NBA scoring record, and he was running down the court with momentum. Everybody was watching him. In fact, they, they swung the ball over to him, and you could just tell it was over. He was going to the hoop. Hit this, step back, fade away. Oh, it was so dope. But my point was I, was, I thought, man, he's got momentum right now. That's us in our walk with Jesus. We're not going backwards. We're not, we're not limping along in our walk with Jesus. No, no, we're walking, moving, relationshipping with momentum, amen? That's my prayer for us here today. So why do I say all those different categories up front? Here's why, because I believe everybody. Come on, somebody say Everybody. Come on, say everybody. Yeah. Come on, give me a little louder. Say everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody can benefit from this message. Please do not check out and say, ah, oh, this isn't really a message for me. Let me just remind you that every word of God proves true and is good and profitable for our teaching, our correction, our growth, our walk with Jesus. So I hope that you have a little forward lean. You know, don't, don't necessarily sit... Be like, mm, I'm going to see maybe if this, this guy can like get through to me. Now, I don't have that posture. Have this openness like I'm going to catch a word. Something in this message is going to be for me. I don't know if it's in the intro or the closing. I'm going to catch something today. I'm here for a reason. And I'm here to jump into the word of God here today. Dating with momentum. When we talk about this series Relationships with Momentum, I felt like God gave me a tagline. That I wanted us to lean into for the month of February. And that tagline, as you can see it up on the top left of your screen, it's pursuing God's design. So you think about relationships, I think that you can get a lot of different wisdom on what a, what a relationship looks like. In fact, you could get relationship advice from TikTok. I don't know if that would be the right route to get your relationship advice. You can get relationship advice from a reality TV show. I don't think that's the standard for what relationships look like. I mean, you could get some really bad relationship advice from the Bachelor or the Bachelorette shows. I don't think that's exactly the, the design for how to find a relationship. If you're a Bachelor, or Bachelorette fan and you keep it real quiet, I am at it. No shade to you, all right? That's not what I came here to do. I'm just saying, don't make that the standard. That's a TV show. <laughs> People don't, and, and most of those couples never actually make it. My point is that I'm trying to show you what is God's design? Let's pursue that. What's God's design? Let's pursue that. Am I talking to anybody on this side? Let's pursue that. Amen. Come on, God, tell me what your design is for relationships. God, you created relationships. God, if anybody knows how to do relationship well, it's you, God. Tell me your design. So that's what we're looking at. We're pursuing God's design for a relationship, pursuing God's design for singleness, pursuing God's design for dating, pursuing God's design for marriage. There's a lot of talk about what marriage is and what marriage isn't. Hey, listen, my opinion doesn't really matter. What's God's design? I didn't invent marriage. I just looked to the one who invented it, made it up, and said, okay, God, tell me how to do it and help me tell me how to do it well. I don't want to just exist. I want to have momentum. So let's think about dating in the context of God's design and how we can pursue it. There's a verse in the Bible that um, has to do with pursuing, I think is helpful when having this conversation. In the scriptures, you'll find this guy in the New Testament named the Apostle Paul, this, the sent one named Paul. He was a missionary, church planter. He has a wild and wicked past of where he was deeply sinful and really on mission of destroying the, the New Testament church, but God in his grace saved him, Amen because God saves messed up people, doesn't he? Of whom everybody in the room should say, yeah, that's me. That was me, right? Um, And he does that, and then he he gives Paul this calling to, to ministry. Well, along the way, Paul begins to mentor this young man named Timothy, and he writes two different letters that are recorded for us and contained for us in the New Testament part of your Bible, where he writes to Timothy on how to do church leadership, on how to be a pastor, on how to be a leader on how to be a young man that follows Jesus. He talks to him about what to pursue and what not to pursue. He talks to him about the, the Word of God and how it's precious. He encourages Timothy about his mom and grandma and how they trained him up to know the Lord. And then he has this verse at the end of 1 Timothy 6. It's in the conclusion of the letter that I thought we could get some dating principles from today. If you got all that, say I got it. I got it. If you're ready, say ready. ready. All right, look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're going to spend some time in verse 11 and then the first part of 12. 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12a. If you're ready, let's look at it on the screen. Let's read it. Ready, set, go. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. And he finishes in the verse 12 and he says, fight the good fight of faith. Talks about how this thing that we're talking about, relationships with momentum, is worth fighting for. I want to encourage you to keep that in mind. In this one text, it stands before me a great challenge. Why? Because I'm the type of person that likes to preach on a single word. And there's six of them here righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, that I think are all things that we should be pursuing when it comes to dating. That these areas could actually be the grid that you lay out for the person either that you're dating right now or that you hope to date in the future. In other words, when it comes to dating, what are you pursuing? That's a good question, amen? The question that I want you to think about when it comes to who am I going to date, and who am I going to be in my dating process? I want to think about these six words. Let me give you the definition of the word pursue. The word pursue by definition means to engage in, to strive, to gain, to seek, to attain, or accomplish. One thing that I think you should do in, when it comes to dating is have the right expectations. In other words, if I'm going to engage in this, if I'm going to pursue dating with a person... You should say, what do you hope to accomplish? Amen. It's good. good. Three people. All right. What, what are you looking to attain out of this relationship? Do you want momentum or do you want to go backwards? What are you looking to accomplish? What are you striving for on the other side of your dating? And this could be good post-dating conversation as well. You could say, well, I wish I, was, I heard this sermon before I got married. Well, you can, you're, you're hearing it now, amen? You can apply it now and say, look, I think spouse, husband, wife, I think we've been pursuing the wrong things. What if we start pursuing the right things? What if we get a new foundation? Even f- I can't get into the married with momentum yet. Let me stay in the dating category, all right? But it all is working together. What are you seeking to Attain. It's a good question. Just be upfront. It'll save you a whole lot of time. Amen. If you start dating somebody or you're interested in dating somebody or you get on ChristianMingle.com or whatever it is that you're doing and you get an inbox message, just get right to it. What are you looking to accomplish? And hopefully somebody, some of y'all are getting awkward right now. Hopefully somebody will be honest enough to say, I'm looking to get married. And maybe you be like, okay, I don't know if I'm looking for that. Or maybe somebody would say, I'm looking for sex. And you'd be like, okay, that's, at least I know what you're looking for. And you're not pursuing the same things that I'm pursuing. So I don't need to pursue this any longer. Does that make sense? But if you just go in without asking the right questions, you're going to get the wrong answers without you even knowing it. You need to go in with intentionality. In your dating process, what are you looking to pursue? I'm looking to pursue something that's of value. Let me give you a reality statement, a dating principle that I think you should consider when it comes to pursuing. Pursue something that looks like this. Make, well, I, mean, I, mean, I want to say it right, I want to say it right. When it comes to pursuing... Here's the reality statement. Don't make 20-minute decisions. Make 20-year decisions. Does that make sense? Well, write, write this down. When it comes to pursuing... So if you... If you hey, what, what, do you, what do you want to accomplish? And somebody says, look, I want to accomplish sex. You say, you're trying to make a 20-minute decision. I'm trying to make a 20-year decision. Am I talking to anybody? Is this too deep? My bad. You say, hey, what... What are you looking to accomplish? I'm just looking to fulfill a social and emotional need that I have until I find something better than you. You're trying to make a 20-minute decision. I'm trying to make a 20-year decision. In other words, when it comes to dating, date with a purpose. I made a decision when I became a believer in Jesus that the person that I date, in order to not waste my time and not waste her time, I want to be very clear up front. If we're going to end quote date, we're dating with the intentionality of marriage. If not, I'm going to probably start to give you what I want to give my future wife someday. So why would I give that to you? You got to be worth it. What are you looking to accomplish? I ain't looking to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish. That's dope. You know what? There's a category for that. It's called friends. That's great. I'll go to church and sit next to you. I'll high five you at a charge group. That's all good. Friendship matters. Let's have relationship momentum in our friendships. Amen. But we don't have to date all of our friends. Oh man, this is a word for somebody. Hey, look, look. Make 20 year decisions. Don't make 20 minute decisions. What are you looking to pursue? If somebody says, I don't quite know. Be like, yo, until you get that answer, don't call me. Figure out what you're pursuing. Middle school students, figure out what you're pursuing and be like, yo, I don't got time for that. Pursue a sport, middle school students. All right, don't worry about this stuff. Come on. I was talking to my basketball, shooting on my bed, right? High school students, what are you looking to pursue? Oh, you ain't there yet. College students, young adults, young professionals, older adults, widows, friends, pastors, leaders, Team members, what are you pursuing? Let me give you another reality statement. The thing that you pursue will oftentimes be the thing that you get. What you pursue will oftentimes pursue you back. And that's why we have a lot of dysfunctional relationships because it's just dysfunction pursuing dysfunction and that's what you get. But if you start pursuing righteousness, watch righteousness come around the corner. If you start pursuing evil things, Proverbs will say evil things will find you. If you start pursuing the things that God is calling you to pursue, watch when those that fruit starts to pop off the tree. And you begin to eat from that tree, the thing you pursue will often be the thing that you get. So I want to encourage you what's God's design for pursuit. And I hope that this leads to very real, intentional, uncomfortable at times conversation. What are you looking for? Hey, in the most loving way, thank you for buying me this coffee. I'm grateful that you're sitting with me right here. Let's just make, is this going to be 20 minutes or is this going to be an hour? Look, what are you pursuing? I'll let you know if I'm the right fit or not. And if not, come on, God's given us all 24 hours in a day. Let's maximize it. Amen. Amen let's not waste it. I've met too many people that had been in relationships for far too long and would even say, I literally wasted eight years of my life, a whole eight, pursuing something that wasn't even pursuing me back or pursuing something that ultimately didn't go anywhere at all or pursuing something that didn't have any long-term vision, that didn't have any Christ-like Vision. The yokes weren't equal when it came to pursuit. There's a category called friends. In fact, it doesn't even have you might be like, yo, I don't even want to be friends with that person. I ain't mad at you. You can, you know, you can you can you can be wave people, you don't have to be angry with each other. Hi, bye. I'm moving on. In fact, I'm moving up, I got forward motion, amen. That's what I'm talking about. Dating with momentum. I want to encourage you to look for six things. Everybody say six things. things. If I get bogged down on one of them, then we might have to do a two-part sermon. And we'll do three today and three next week. But either way, we're not in a rush. Amen? Amen. Because we want to get it right. 20 years over 20 minutes all day. In fact, if you are dating somebody, think... At some point along the dating relationship, can I spend 20 years with you? I mean, this has been cool, but 20 years from now, am I going to still want you? Wow. And if you think, no, <laughs> then lovingly say, let's be friends. And if you're on the other side of that, even if it's hurtful to you, receive it. Yeah. Be like, okay, I don't want to pursue something that doesn't want to pursue me. Let's look for these six. I mean, literally, look, look at verse 11 of 1 Timothy 6. But as for you, O man of God, O child of God, I want to speak to everybody in the room. But, but as for you, look, and, and Paul is juxtaposing some different lifestyles. If you, when it comes to reading the Bible, if you just pick a random verse out like 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, It's often wise to get the context, the surrounding left and right sides of the verses as well. Like, if you want to, read 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 1 through 10 to get the context for the as for you. In other words, what's he contrasting? Well, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he's talking about a variety of different things in the first 10 verses. He's, he's talking about those people who make money their God, money their idol. He says, the love of money is the root of all evil, so don't pursue financial as your main thing, but as for you, O oh man of God, pursue these things. Does that make sense? He says, don't, in fact, he says in 1 Timothy 6, a good, he says, don't get all types of caught up and distracted with irrelevant arguments, Around words and phrases and statements and holidays, some people love to do that. They love to argue. Man, was was G was the letter J really in Jesus's name? Is that really you want to spend all this time arguing? Yes, it was. By the way, we could talk about that. But I don't really. I, he basically says, you know, was 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 Christmas really on December twenty fifth, or was it on? How do you know? I don't know. But Jesus had a birthday, all right, and we're celebrating that, and that's what matters. Okay. My point is, if you're looking to argue and debate about secondary, third dairy, fourth dairy theological items, I don't know if this is the right church for you. We're not going to get bogged down in it. And I got a verse for you. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We love to have theological conversations. In fact, if you want to know what we believe, go to join the family. Step two today. Come on, Pastor Mike. Amen. And, 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 and we can talk about theology. We love to talk about theology and doctrine. I, I personally do. I love talking with Pastor Mike. He's one of the best theologians I know. I, I so I, I'm not trying to refrain from that. I'm trying to say be obedient to what first Timothy 6 says Paul was saying I'm not gonna argue with you all day, especially if you don't have the right heart yeah, Some people go into arguments already with their mind made up yeah, yep. I'm using this this message. I'm saying hey, what do you want to pursue here? Are you trying to just debate? Or are you trying to learn? Because yeah, if you're trying to learn we can both learn from each other right. if you're just trying to prove a point You already made your mind up cuz yep. no, thanks No thanks. I'd rather pour into somebody who wants to learn. Amen? Commit yourself to faithful men. That's 1 Timothy 2, right? So, but as for you, that's the 1 Timothy 6, 1 through 10. But as for you, O man of God, flee. flee. In fact, here's your verse. Flee from those things. (laughs) Pastor Mike, that's a revelation. I've been right. I'm fleeing from those. I don't want to deal with it. I was right. (laughs) Look, No, thanks. Do you want to argue with me? No. I want to pursue something. What are you pursuing? You want to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfast, gentleness? These are good qualifiers for dating. These are good areas that you should check for. Like, here's your list. You don't got to be weird. You don't got to pull it out. Like, how's your righteousness? But these are things that you should want to pursue. In fact, in a dating relationship, you say, let's pursue these things together. What is righteousness? That's a good question. Let's, let's talk about this first one. Pursue righteousness. Righteousness. Here's Haydn's definition. Righteousness is completed in Christ, doing the right thing the right way at the right time. What does it mean to be righteous? It means to be right. It's right in your living righteous is right living. Now here's why I put completed in Christ up front. None of us are righteous. No, not one. That's Romans chapter 3. None of us in this place are righteous. None of us have made the right decision at the right time, the right way all the time. If that's you, where you at Jesus? <laughs> Come on, right? There's only one person who made the right decision, the right way, the right time. All the time. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's his name. Yeshua. He's the one. He he, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So that's why our righteousness is completed in Christ. So nobody is righteous in their own self. That's called self-righteousness. And nothing stinks more than self-righteousness. Oh man, it smells bad. When you posture yourself as I'm righteous because of here's all the things I've done better than you please. You're working against the gospel. The gospel is none of us are righteous. Christ is righteous in his grace, in his love. He's pursued you and even transferred his righteousness into your bank account. And you joyfully and humbly accepted it, which is the wise thing to do. So righteousness is now completed in Christ. In other words, we don't work and earn our righteousness. We have a right standing, but anybody like me, you're still trying to live it out. You're like, I'm trying to live out who I am in Christ. So positionally, I'm righteous. If you want to check on my righteousness, Jesus paid it all. I will find you in heaven and and I'll I'll be there because I'm right in Christ. But practically, how do I live this out? (laughs) That's trying to live righteous. So what does that mean? It means I'm trying to do the right thing. When it comes to dating like this, are you trying to do the right thing? Because I'm trying to do the right thing. Are you trying to live the right way? I'm trying to live the right way. Oh, is this helpful? Are you you, you trying to do the right thing with your timing? Because I'm trying to do the right thing with my timing. Conviction alert. Spoiler alert. Conviction alert. Are you trying to do the right thing? In your dating process, if the person you're dating says, hey, we should move in together. And you say, we're we're not married. And the person says, well, the, the well is all you need to hear. Well, you're not pursuing the right thing. You're not pursuing it the right way. Hey, Pastor Ryan, why do we got to move out? It's just not the right way. It's not the right time. Marriage is something in the confines where one person covenants with another person and the two become one. In other words, here's the oneness. They share the same home, right? They, they, they share the same bed, honor the marriage bed. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. They share the same life. The two become one. There's too many dating couples that are living like married couples, but are not married couples. That's called fake. Amen. Too many people faking it, not making it. Statistically, couples that live together before they're married, statistically, are not going to make it more than couples that do it the right way. I read this quote from one pastor uh, by the name of Vodi Bauckham. Vodi said, most dating in America is actually just practice for divorce. Oh my goodness. Let's do it the right way. Here's what I'm aware of. It's going to cause some complicated conversations. And can I just tell you, at this church, there's grace for the conversation. Because I know that there's probably a lot of people at this service or the 11 o'clock service, or if you're still online, I hope you are, that are living together and you're not married and you're living in a lifestyle that's not the right way. It's never too late to start pursuing the right thing. Come on, it's never too late to start doing the right thing the right way at the right time. In fact, the right time is right now. It's right now. Praise God, God loved you enough to wake you up and say, hey, I'm gonna give you another chance to do things the right way. Does this earn you salvation? No, it doesn't because that's found in Christ, in Christ alone. We don't earn it, we don't add to it, we don't take away from it, we receive it and then we live it. And so Paul says, as for you, O man of God, Timothy, pursue righteousness. As you're dating somebody, ask them, what are you looking to pursue? I'm looking to pursue the right thing. When, right now. Which way you wanna go, the right way? Then let's pursue it. <laughs> if you don't find somebody who's pursuing righteousness, then don't pursue them. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to help you with something here when it comes to pursuit. Let me give you this proverb. I'll put it up on the screen. I thought this proverb was helpful. Proverbs 15, verse 9. I always want to give you wisdom from the word, that would be helpful for you. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who pursues righteousness. What are you pursuing? If you say, I'm going to pursue righteousness, God loves that. Listen to me, church. If you say, I'm going to pursue righteousness, God loves that. Do you want God's hand to be on your relationship? Pursue righteousness. Do you want God's love to be infused in your relationship? Pursue righteousness. What way? If you start pursuing the way of the wicked, the Lord is like, I ain't dealing with that. Come on, don't you want the hand of God on your relationship? Pursue righteousness. Let me give you one more proverb. I think another proverb is helpful here. Proverbs 21, verse 21. Scripture says, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. What did I tell you? The thing you pursue will be the thing you get. You start pursuing righteousness, don't be surprised if somebody righteous shows up in your life. Mm. You start pursuing kindness, don't be surprised when the the fruit of kindness grows back. This could start working in your marriage, in your relationship, in your life today. In fact, honor follows righteousness. Whoever, what are you pursuing? To my single folks in the room, what are you pursuing? My married folks, whoever pursues righteousness, in other words, I'm trying to do the right thing. Like yesterday, I took my sons to the great, amazing Sunrise Cafe, my favorite. I love it. Love Pastor Andrew and Angie. We were at Sunrise Cafe. We got our breakfast. Such a great time, an amazing team. As we were paying at the checkout, one of my boys was so, um, let me see what he was. I'll we'll find the right word. He was enamored. By the little gold chocolate coins, so much so that he was staring at them. To my unknown, walks out with them as we leave. So we get in the car. I'm putting them in the car seat, and he goes, "Look what I got, Dad!" I was like, "This is a lesson right here. You have to pay for those." And he's like, "I don't know what you mean." So you know, it's so frustrating. You got to get everybody out the car. You got to say hi to everybody again. Hey, wh- hey, you're back. Yeah. We got to pay for these. <laughs> what, what's my point? Uh, it's, n- it's definitely not a self-righteous point. It's just to say, do the right thing. Yeah. Even when it's uncomfortable. Do, do the right thing the right way at the right time. Don't say, ah, you know what? I'll, I'll, let, I'll pay for these later. You'll never get to it. <laughs> do the right thing the right way at the right time, find somebody who's pursuing those things, and it'll be right. You know what? If you find somebody who's pursuing the right thing, the right way, at the right time, you'll tell somebody, I found the right one. You'll say, I found the right one. You'll say, Mom, Dad, I found the right one. And they'll say, Word, how do you know? Because they're doing the right thing, the right way, at the right time. And it's, and it's not earning them salvation points. That's already found in Christ. You can't be, listen, if you're doing the right thing the right way at the right time and you don't know Jesus, you're not a single ounce closer to righteous. Just hear that. Even our good deeds don't stack up even close to our bad ones. The righteousness that you need is found in Jesus, but how do we live it? It starts by doing the right thing the right way at the right time. If you got all that, say, I got it. Let me move on to point number two. Let's see how we do. Number two, pursue godliness. Pursue godliness. Look for somebody who has a godly aroma on their lives. I'm looking for somebody who's, ooh, this person is godly. (laughs) What a a compliment. Come on, Manu, right? I'm looking for somebody who's godly. Uh, A personal attitude towards God that results in actions that are pleasing to him. Oh, I love this definition of godliness from Jerry Bridges as he writes on the topic of godliness. He says, what is godliness? It's a personal attitude towards God that results in actions that are pleasing to him. Godliness says my attitude toward him is I wanna do it his way. Godliness is you saying, hey, I wanna please him in my life. Listen, when it comes to dating, desire to please God over your partner anybody? It's hard to do. It's hard to say, look, I'm, look, I love you, but not more than him. I like you, but not more than him. I want to please you, but not more than him. I, I, I'm for you, but not more than him. So my godliness has to be the center of my relationship. I want to pursue Godliness. I want to encourage you to find somebody who's pursuing godliness, whose whose attitude towards God is, ooh, I love God. If somebody says, ooh, I love religion, I would throw a flag. (laughs) Not a red flag, it's a yellow flag. Slow down. What do you mean by religion? (laughs) Pursuing godliness or religion? Religion means that you might take your law and put it on me. And I'm not bound by the law, I'm bound by grace. In fact, my pastor talks a lot about freedom Amen. because we're free in him. When the sun sets free, is free indeed. I'm not doing a religion dance where I'm trying to earn something from God. My righteousness is found in Christ. And now I'm striving to live a godly life, not to earn God, but because I love God. Right? Godliness. I don't want my kids to, to do the right thing because dad's mad at them. I want them to do the right thing because dad loves them. Right? Godliness is a personal attitude towards God. I love God so much. Why would I want to do something other than his design? Because his design for me is so good. Pursue godliness. Let me give you number three. Number three is pursue faith. As for you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, and pursue faith. What is faith? Oxford Dictionary. Faith. Complete trust or confidence in something or someone. What do you put your confidence in? That's faith. Confidence is when you have just, uh, faith is complete confidence. I'm not wavering. Even though I can't see it, I believe it. Right, I love this definition for faith out of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is the the faith chapter, the hall of faith. It says, now faith is the assurance. Somebody say, I'm sure." sure. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. In other words, the thing that you hope for in eternity or the thing that you hope for, you can have faith about relationships. The thing I'm hoping for, I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah, <clears throat> and people might say, man, you, you have no, no evidence. Like, look, I got faith. Yeah. <clears throat> the conviction, I'm convicted <clears throat> of the things I, I don't even see. Right. The, the world will oftentimes say, no, you got to see it to believe it. To believe it. But the faith we believe says, no, you have to believe it. Then you'll see it. That's how Jesus operates. He says, step out of the boat. You got to believe you can walk on water. And watch you take a step and do something miraculous. Look for somebody who has great faith. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that it's impossible to please God without faith. Thanks, Pastor Wes. Right? Look at this verse with me in Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So what are you pursuing? You're pursuing somebody who wants to please him. You're pursuing somebody who has the faith that's contagious. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, pursue faith. Who are you looking for on this dating journey? I'm looking for somebody who's got faith. Great faith. Not faith in me, but faith in him. And hopefully they have faith in me to a degree. They want to see me grow, but they want to see the fruit in me first. Godliness, righteousness, faith. Pursue those things. Amen. Let me go and give you the fourth. The fourth one is the word love. Everybody say love. Love. Oh, yeah, we should pursue love. But isn't it interesting? Love comes in number four. Some of us are jumping straight to love. What are you pursuing? Love. Ooh. Like, swipe. Next. Not you. I'm pursuing love, but that's fourth. It's going to land on someone. I'm waiting for that to land on somebody in the back. Right. Waiting that to make it to you into the, into the chat. Love is not the first thing that you're pursuing. The first thing is, are you doing the right thing? Because I'm looking for the right one. How's your godliness? How's your attitude towards God? I don't like God. I don't like you. Did I do? Sorry. My bad. <clears throat> not like, I don't like you like, it's not like I don't like you. I like you, but I don't like you like that. She likes me. Not like that. I don't, I'm mad at God. Mmm, Your attitude. Is not where it needs to be. Therefore, you're not a bad person. You're just not my type. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking for godliness. Yes. What are you pursuing? Are you pursuing godliness back? Well, let's pursue God together. Yeah. Right? I once heard it put in this illustration run hard after God and then look to the side and see if she's running next to you. And if not, just keep running. And on the day where that person is running at your pace, y'all ready to run together. And hopefully that person's attractive. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Whoa. I'm just saying. Hopefully. If not, there's a category for that. It's called friends. Friends. Dun, 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 dun. Friends, all right, love, love, love is key. Love is key, but it's fourth. It's not the key, it's a key. I think you should pursue love. Why? Because, because Paul's writing to Timothy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, pursue love. Now what's interesting, oh, I'm about to mess somebody up with this. There's three types of love in the Bible. Oh, snap. Y'all know the three? Let me give them to you. Number one is phileo love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's a friendship love. That's like, yo, love you, bro. Love you, dog. Love you, sis. Love you. That's a phileo love. The second is an eros love. That's a sexual love. It's a form of love. It's a valued form of love, and it's a love that should be opened up in the confines of marriage. That's a love that is very intimate and is deeply rooted in the context of marriage. It should only be utilized in that context for his glory. If you've given that love away to somebody else, there is grace for you, amen, Amen. to love again and to say, you know what? I'm gonna do this the right way, the right time for his glory. Start fresh today. I just wanna encourage everybody. Come on, God's grace is in this place. The landing place is grace. Because of the gospel. You can start today and God loves you and wants you to have this type of love. What type of love is this? It's agape. I did the Greek research. I wanted to see when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, pursue love. Which love does he say to pursue? Because the English word love is cheap. Because I could say I love you the same way I said I love that Krispy Kreme donut I had yesterday. Man, that thing was great. I was like, oh, I love this. I love this thing. I got one right off the, 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 the thing. It was still melting. I was like, oh, I love this. But, but that's not the same love that I have for Nina. It's different, right? So our English language doesn't give you the right word for love. We just have love, and it's supposed to mean all three. In the, in the original language, you had different words. You would say, man, I agape you. And you knew what that meant. You'd say, oh, I have Eros for you. You knew what that meant. You'd say, man, I phileo you. You knew what that meant. In fact, if you do some study in John chapter 21, Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I phileo you. Wow. That deep, right? It's another sermon. All right, let's keep on talking. Agape. Should be th- that that's a good question. Do you have agape love for me? What is agape love? Agape love goes beyond feelings and it moves into a choice. Love biblically is not something you fall into and it's not something you fall out of. It's something you pursue. So, oh yeah, I'm gonna clap with somebody. I see a shadow of clapping hands. I'm going to clap with you because it's something you continue pursuing. I hear too many couples, Nina and I do premarital counseling, postmarital counseling, when we have a time in our season to do it because we invest in it. I know Pastor Mike and Pastor Stacy and other couples will do counseling with, with people, and I will hear that often. Man, I just don't feel like I love them anymore. Well, good, because it's not about whether you feel it or not anymore. Right, right. Feelings come and go. I rarely feel like working out anymore doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Come on. Amen. You could say, man, but Pastor Wes, I don't always feel like going to charge group, but it's good for me. You might not feel that type of love, but you can pursue that type of love. Pursue love. What does that type of love look like? Oh, there's some descriptors in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me hurry up and get there. 1 Corinthians 13. Come on. Love is pursue that. Love is kind. Pursue that. Love does not envy or boast. Listen, if you go out on a date and the person cannot stop talking about themselves, be like, all right, you love boasting in yourself. That's kind of arrogant. I'm going to take this free coffee and then not do this again. All right. If they don't pay for the coffee, it might not be the right one. All right. I'm just putting that out there. That's rude. Okay. Uh, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Let me help some dating couples in there. Stop being so rude. It does not insist on its own way. Oh, I thought I was gonna hear a lot of roaring. Amen. It's not, it's not irritable. Oh, it's, it's not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Why? Why? Because it's doing the right thing the right way at the right time. We're not doing the wrong thing the wrong way at the wrong time. It rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Come on. This is a, this, I, I did the research. This love in 1 Corinthians 13, again, is agape. The, the agape love is, is all of these things. Now listen, all these things are found in Jesus. He is the personification of love. But these are all things that we can pursue. We should pursue those things. Grade yourself. In fact, let your partner grade you. Be like, okay, pastor, I'm giving y'all some, 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 some good tips here. Let's read these and figure out which one she doesn't do well. <laughs> and you going next. Which one does he not do well? Well, he's kind of arrogant. There you go. Circle it. That's what I'm going to work on because I love you. It's not about gushy, mushy feelings. It's about am I doing the right thing the right way at the right time? Right. Let me go and move to the next one. Pursue... Love. How about this? Pursue steadfastness. Steadfastness. The word steadfast is, is, is an important word. I'm not, I'm not wavering. In, in, in fact, I looked at this verse, 1 Timothy 6 verse 11, in four different translations in the Bible, and there's four different u- words that are used there. Let me show you the different words. ESV says steadfastness, but we don't typically use that word in common language as much. NIV says endurance in other words pursue somebody who's going to endure it with you 20 minutes 20 years What are you pursuing? I'm pursuing an enduring relationship. You looking for long-term or short-term? I'm looking to go the distance Let's talk Perseverance are you just going to get upset and quit and then go silent mode on me? Are you going to get super sensitive and sad and then call your mom? Oh (laughs) Give me some perseverance Let's work through it. Amen? Let's get better together. Ooh, King James Version. Shout out to King Jimmy. Patience. Patience. Pursue patience. Listen, if somebody's really trying to rush you, hey, well, let's get to it. Let's, let, let's get to the marriage bed. We're not married yet. Be patient. Let's, let's share bank accounts. We're not there yet. Sometimes I see couples... If this is you in the room, I'm not thinking about anybody in this room. But I've seen couples before already start to change their last name on social media and they're not married yet. Be patient. You're not there. And when you get there, it's going to feel cheap. Nina and I have done marriage counseling with couples that already moved in. They got married. And then we said, well, how, how do you feel you're married? They say, well, nothing really changed. Dang it. That's not how it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be a big deal. Y'all cheated. But start today. It's a big deal. In the Bible, they would have a whole year of betrothal. Mary and Joseph were betrothed a whole year. They were supposed to be betrothed for a whole year. And then they would have this week-long wedding celebration feast. And finally, they would do this whole ordeal, this whole celebration to then one day be married. It's so cheap in America. It's so cheap, especially in Las Vegas. But We can change the game, amen? Come on, let's be the change we want to see pursue steadfastness, perseverance, endurance. Let me go and give you the last one. Last one, last one, last one, last one. Pursue gentleness. Pursue gentleness. Paul writes to Timothy, what should you be pursuing, O man of God? Here's what you should be pursuing. You should be pursuing righteousness. You should be pursuing godliness, that attitude. Pursuing faith, somebody who is believing something great. Pursue somebody who's got that love to their life pursue steadfastness in other words endurance patience perseverance and gentleness i love this definition for gentleness from the webster's dictionary free from harshness sternness or violence oh come on do i have to dig deep into this one maybe a little bit if a person's super violent stop dating them don't marry them don't i'm, I'm giving you the game up front <laughs> This is your premarital counseling session in a sermon. If a person's super harsh and super stern, and it could be male or female, it could go both ways. You're already starting to see those symptoms. Listen, don't rush it. You can do dating without having to get married. And then figure out, is this the right person for me? Gentleness. Proverbs 15:4 says, A gentle tongue... Is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. I think we can continue to be working on gentleness. One of, one of the characteristics of Jesus is gentle and lowly. Jesus says, I'm gentle and lowly. Pursue me. One thing I often pray about in my marriage is, Lord, would you love Nina through me? Would you be the gentleness that she needs th- through me? Would you be the leader of my home through me? Because who's righteous? Who's godly? Who's gentle? Who's loving? Who's full of faith? Who's all the, it's him, amen? What, in in short, what's Paul saying? Pursue Jesus. (laughs) Find somebody who's pursuing Jesus, the whole body of Jesus. If you find somebody who says, ah, you know what? I don't really do the whole church thing. Well, Jesus spends time with his wife. Jesus does the whole church thing, amen? He's here right now. So if you start to pursue somebody who's like, I don't really go to church, but I love you. Like, man, church is part of my life. Church isn't just a little subcategory that I do. No, it's part of me. We need to have a higher view of the bride, the body of Christ. I'll just share a quick testimony and then we'll close out in a word of prayer. You know, Nina and I's relationship, um, it, some people, we, we, me and I met in high school, uh, but we weren't high school sweethearts. In fact, we were both lost on um, pursuing our own idolatrous vision. For me, it was basketball. As a freshman in college, I went to a ministry called FCA and God used pizza and a Bible to draw me to himself. Began pursuing the Lord Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew and he began to open my eyes to the reality that I didn't know him. I knew about him, but I didn't know him personally. I put my faith in Jesus and I got radically transformed. I didn't just get like halfway saved. It wasn't just a moral thing, I got real saved. I got on fire for the Lord Jesus, so much so that when I came back to Las Vegas, I began to start a Bible study, inviting other people to pursue him with me. I mean, like I was like super saved. In fact, so much so that Nina texted me and said, hey, Hayden, is this still your number? And I hit her back with a message like, that, this is still my number, but I serve the Lord Jesus Christ and it's him who's worthy of all praise. Yes, this is my number. Something weird like that. I wouldn't suggest that, all right? I'm surprised Nina was like, weird. Too strong, dude, too strong. I think she was like, okay. And I was like, I'm doing a Bible study if you'd like to show up. And Nina came to that Bible study and I was able to give her her first Bible. And we began a friendship at that point, because I think friendships a good place to start. We began walking through the word together and helping her see different things. But throughout our journey, we both began to realize that she was pursuing me more than she was pursuing him. And so I had this difficult moment there where I said, Nina, uh, because I feel like we're not on the same page in this, we're going to stop communicating. And we had a six month period where we stopped communicating in a relationship type status. We weren't dating and anything. We just weren't even, I just said, I don't even know if it's healthy for us to be friends anymore. Cause I don't think your pursuit is the same as my pursuit. Not that I had everything together. It was just where we were at. And so on that journey, we had Facebook and things like that. I was going to college in the East coast. And one day I saw a picture of Nina who got baptized and I said, Oh, well, hello. Hello. <laughs> give a courtesy like to that. And then I just saw her just start to to post different things on her social media. We weren't talking. And when I came back to Las Vegas six months later, I thought, you know what? Let 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 me link up with Nina, see how she's doing. So we did a breakfast together and we were having breakfast together. And I still remember looking across the table and I thought, No matter what happens at this table, this girl is going to pursue Jesus with or without me. She has an authentic walk with the Lord. It's no longer attached to, oh, Haydn's calling. Let me open my Bible. Let me Verse of the day, ooh, he's going to ask me, did I read something? He's going to ask me how I'm living. He's going to ask me things like that, right? But when I saw that she started to run her own race, that was the most attractive thing about her to me because I realized she was pursuing Jesus I was pursuing Jesus so we could now pursue each other. We got into a dating relationship from there. And then we started to work on the different things that we're sharing here. Were we perfect on it? No, I don't know that any couple's perfect with it, but we were working it. We were working the gospel. We were working forgiveness. We were working communication. We were working how to live this lifestyle. We're working purity. We're working boundaries. We're working communication. We're working church. We're working serving. We're working generosity. And all these things began to build a foundation for when we would one day get married. And then when we got married. We began to experience momentum. And that's why you got to come back next week. Amen. Come on, somebody. But I want to encourage you with that reality. Take it from Nina and I's story. We don't, we actually had a, a, a relationship that wasn't getting momentum because we weren't pursuing the same things. And yes, I did clear with Nina that I could share this with y'all. <laughs> and she would probably do a, she would do a better job of sharing it than me. But um, I just want to share, share with you that's possible. And today, if you're dating somebody or walking with somebody that you're not on the same page with, it is possible to take a break from that and watch Jesus step in and then see you guys come back together when you're on the same page. Amen? Let me pray. God, thank you for this message. Thank you for this time together. God, we're pursuing you. Thank you for pursuing us. God, we recognize that we need you. But not only do we need you, God, we want you. We want more of you. God, I pray for everybody in the room today. If there's somebody who just recognized tonight, today, this morning, that you're pursuing them and that they're ready to put their faith in you, Jesus, I pray that they would do it right now. God, I pray right this moment, if you're in this room and you heard this message and you recognize, you know what? I need to respond to the grace of God. I need to begin to follow Jesus. My first step is to follow him. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand? If you recognize, you know what? I need to receive Jesus as my savior. I don't want to go out of this room not knowing him. I see the different people that are responding right now, the different hands that are up. God, I pray if your hand is up right now, would you just pray this prayer with me? You can do it in your heart or you can do it out loud. Just say, Lord, I believe. I trust you. I put my faith in you. I'm confident in you that you died for my sins you rose from the grave and that you've saved me. You've made me righteous and we love you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I turn away from my sins and I turn to you today. I pursue you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And I want to pray one more prayer for all my dating couples in the room. God, I pray for the couples that are dating that they would do the right thing the right way, at the right time, and it would result in your glory. Give them the supernatural strength to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.